This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's Speroni. He rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose. A space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson. Oh, yes. Back of the nest. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Review Show. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm here to guide you through our review of Palace's latest Premier League outing. This time we saw the Eagles head up to Old Trafford to take on Manchester United and an entertaining game ended 0-0 to see Palace take their first ever Premier League point at the Theatre of Silence. We'll take you through the key talking points, incidents and performances and we'll also be going through a selection of your comments and questions too. My panel tonight is DR Kerners and Mike Scott. We'll be right back with you in just a moment. Love our podcast. Listen to our live radio show on Love Sport every Thursday, 7 till 9 p.m., 558 a.m., DAB Digital Radio, and online, lovesportradio.com. Right, welcome back after that wonderful message. And a little bit of admin for you first. I want to announce the winner of our competition. So we linked up with the wonderfully talented Phil Crook. Cockroft. Oh, I've got his name wrong straight away. Sorry, Phil. And um, Phil is just a, a magnificent artist. Does a lot of um, essentially uh, the, the prints that we've seen were the the Palace ones. I think it's PVA, Andros Townsend, and Wilf, and um, some wonderful ballpoint pen prints there. Um, but plenty of other stuff on his website. Just an incredibly talented artist. And we thought we'd link up with him and offer one of you a chance to take home your choice of one of those three Palace prints. And the winner is Andy David Latter. Congratulations, Andy. It's a name I've seen many times over the years, so great that a big fan of ours has won it. So thank you uh, for, for obviously entering the competition and uh, congratulations for winning. And sorry to everybody else who didn't win, but obviously, Phil, if you go to his uh, Twitter account, which you can check our, our Twitter feed for. I've said Twitter twice there in a row. Uh, but check that out and we'll um, we'll be sort of, uh, well, we can, we'll link you to his website. And if you want to, Get a Palace fan, a lovely Christmas present. There's some wonderful examples on there of uh, of Palace artwork, amongst other things as well. Very, very talented guy. Um, So, Andy, if you get in touch with us, just DM the Back of the Nest Twitter account 
and uh, we'll arrange for the delivery of your palace print. Um, keep an eye out for more competitions. I'm sure we'll be doing more throughout the rest of the season. Um, and on that, the Back of the Nest website is now up and running. It's uh, fairly low-key. We're calling it a soft launch um, because there's only uh, limited content up there so far. But some great articles that have gone up. We've got a team of writers working on various bits and pieces. A um, couple of editions today that were very interesting. We had Mike Scott, your uh, your your player reviews. And we had um, a great article from Luke about uh, Wilfred Zaha and the best place to play him, calling it The Big Question. And I'll have a couple of responses from that later on. Uh, that's quite enough from uh, me in terms of admin, but just a very quick chat to introduce the team. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Mike. Um, yeah, your, right. your first article up on the website, mate. Oh uh, yeah, my cherry's been taken. Feels feels beautiful. <laughs> well, yeah, isn't that the way it goes? But it's not always uh, not always beautiful. But let's not let's not go down that road. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so how you how you feeling? How you been? Been a while since you and I have been on the same show. You sort of stepped into my substantial shoes. Yeah, this is very true, and this is why I didn't get to go to United this weekend because I'm still paying off the amount of money that it's cost me to go to that bloody wedding that I was the best man for the other week. Um, <laughs> so I've had a nice, quiet weekend. Um, walked down Hastings Seafront, saw a guy actually, and I mean it is cold in Hastings. Like it's, I'm sure it's cold in Croydon for you all, but it is cold in Hastings. There was a guy swimming, not, and not like. Not in like proper like surfing gear, like in a pair of speedos swimming. Like people were stopping and taking photos. Was it, so that was, not even, was it not even covered in goose fat or anything like that? It didn't even look like his nipples were hard. I mean, the, well, the guy, the, yeah, the guy was hard as hell. And then today, I won the princely sum of nine pound fifty uh, by betting T one in the Arsenal game. So I've I've gone and invested that very carefully in some beers to be drinking mm. for this very podcast. Oh mate, that is that is spectacular! What a Flashback. week you've had. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dr. Have you got anything as exciting as that? Oh yeah, I returned back to the kebab shop. Uh, it's not. <laughs> <Did probably>. <laughs> yeah. This week, yeah, this weekend, I thought, you know what, I might as well return back and see how it's going. And yeah, it's going quite well. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. And yeah, I've had a chill weekend as well. Watched the Paddy's game, of course, and go back to the kebab shops. And yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty decent weekend. So, um, have you thought out your customer service issues and your um your health visit at the kebab shop? Is that all? That all better now? Yeah, yeah. I looked at our health inspector. There was an inspector that came in um the other day. I looked at it. It was pretty good. We can yeah. still improve on. Yeah, we'd have to put the Christmas trees up. There's a bit of work to do. I need to go back next weekend as well. So that thing where you put the the screw in, did you deal with that by putting a notice up in the in the window at the front of the shop that just says "free screw with every kebab"? <laughs> well, you know what? That's a good marketing tool. I guess we're good yeah, at that. You gotta be careful with that, dude. You gotta oh, be yeah, I've just worked out how you've how I've said that. Yeah, <laughs> it is Christmas, so you know. Freeze through with the kebab. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. And uh, we had a good time on uh, on Love Sport on Thursday, didn't we? It was, yeah, that was just that was fun and crazy. I honestly don't know what happened towards the end, and only if there was like a video showing exactly what was going on in the studio, that would have been just amazing. We might do that though. There's been well, talks. not just just not just might. Paddy has given the go ahead today. Oh wow! To uh, for us to we'll be filming 
live on it'll be live for facebook what do you call it what does it call when you go live on facebook just called go live on facebook isn't it facebook live yeah, facebook live that's it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna do that. um but for the first 10 minutes or so so you'll see what's going on inside the the studio at love sport towers um only, only for the first 10 minutes and then you have to check out the uh, live audio feed if you want to want to hear more but uh just just to give you that little insight into what we get up to thought it might be uh, a bit entertaining and encourage a few more of you to, to join us live and to well, potentially give us a call and join in the fun um but yeah i had a i had a moment if you listen to the the podcast about 20 25 minutes before the end when we're talking to uh, derek brazil former man united player um i go to ask him a question and instead of a question a noise happens uh, but it wasn't just a noise there was something else uh are that most people apart from you nick and aaron didn't get to see Oh, you just ah oh, well. I did see it, of course, and <laughs> that was just one frightful, and that was just our uh, radio gold. Like the way we was just laughing, and we had to hold it in. It just unbelievable. Oh. You remember, remember, I managed to ask a question, like completely stony faced question, in the middle of two separate massive giggling fits from what happened. So um, honestly, I honestly, just... can't remember anything. I was just facing a wall. I wasn't really listening. Yeah. I was facing a wall and laughing for the last twenty minutes. <laughs> Did you did you phlegm on the microphone? Because as a man that's played a lot of gigs, like there's serious etiquette about microphone sharing. And if you phlegmed yeah. on the microphone, I hope you cleaned it. Now I didn't. I, I can <sighs> categorically state and Dio back me up. There was no phlegm on the microphone. Okay. Okay. Yes. Right, yes. So. Back... <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Yeah. 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 I don't think there was. No, there definitely wasn't. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so let's uh, let's get on with talking about this game. Um, and yeah, it feels good. It feels good not to have a defeat, not to feel hard done by, even though there is a slight element that uh, of that and what happened. Because, of course, uh, Palace drew nil-nil and had some great chances to actually make it three points away at Old Trafford. But such slim pickings there that we can't help but be, uh, but be excited. I mean, I'm taking a bit of credit. I met up with uh, Nav... And, uh, and and Dom as well for for some mutton rolls in midweek, and uh, our combined powers seem to have you know returned that sort of uh, that hold that the mutton rolls have over Palace results. So we'll be. What's the ratio this season? It's not good. I'll be honest with you. That's One I think that's the first point. Yeah. <laughs> from mutton rolls, but but uh, it's on its way back. We had to just find the right system. I think we're there now. So um, it's going to be a lot of lot of lot of eating mutton rolls over the next few weeks because some key fixtures. Um, so, guys, we've got to start as we often do, talking about the lineups. I said this, uh, I suggested this might happen on Love Sport in the week. I thought that the only change would be Wilf coming in for Jordan Ayew, and it was. Um, and I kind of I have to say I, f- I feared the worst because I thought we're back to four four two, we're back to playing Zaha and Townsend up front, and Mayer's going to be out wide left, and that that is how we started. Um, but. I don't think we, we stayed that way. And I'll, and I'll talk a bit more about that in a minute. But I just wanted to touch on something we, we chatted around last week, guys. So I talked a lot about how I was frustrated by selection loyalty, that the same players kept playing um, in the same system, irrespective of, of, of performance. Um, and, I, and I said that next week very much as a negative. But did we see the positives, Mike, of keeping keeping with those players that, that Roy trusts and the fact that we had played relatively well over the last few weeks and been a bit hard done by we finally saw the you know the the effect not you know not blinking Roy hasn't blinked he's kept to his beliefs he's not 
you know, it's not bowed to the, the calls for changing anything major. We've, we've come out with a great performance and a decent result. Well, I was thinking about this before we came on. Um, I watched back the, the highlights and um, they they suggest to me that although it was a 4-4-2 and the same as you, I was a bit nervous because I thought, okay, we've got that same problem we had against Spurs, same problem we sort of had against Chelsea. I don't think we're going to create a lot. Um, but it seemed that Mayo was the key in that he didn't play that sort of far left role. It was very much more compact. It was very central. And a lot of players got a lot further up the pitch, particularly Luca. Um, and to an extent, MacArthur, but still not as much as I'd like. Um, but it, yeah, it was very much like he'd gone away and actually done his homework and thought, how can we slightly tinker with how things have gone, be a little bit more fluid? You know, you saw Townsend off very far left, very far right. Um, and I just, just think that he he had a watch back of some of the, the games last season where things went a lot better with this system. Um, and it was a lot less rigid, I reckon. Yeah, I think that's about right. And, you know, DR, get your observations as well. Obviously, there seemed to be that little bit more movement. And, you know, barring that, that opening first 15 minutes or so, you know, we had a bit more attacking intent. All that stuff we've been talking about, you know, being a bit more brave, getting a few more bodies in the box. We started to do that, didn't we? Yeah, we did. That was due to, first of all, May of this game, even though it was a 4-4-2 formation with him starting out wide. Oddly enough, when we was going forward, he was more in central locations, which we haven't seen from him previously. So that's probably instruction from Roy. So hats off to Roy for that. I think that helped significantly because he helped bring other players like Wilf and Andros into the game. Where, whereas if he stayed out wide, first of all, he would struggle there because he's not a wide midfielder. And second of all, it would just be too structured. And with, as Mac has said, with um, lacked fluidity. So it worked out pretty well. Maya um, coming in centrally, and as you said, um, United. Well, United. What they did is that they put men forward, and what we did this week is that when when going forward, we actually exploited United and didn't sit back and straight away hit them from the counter. And having Wilf in there was significant as well. He he was eager. You could see it from the, from the start, and it was a threat. You know, Wilf is much better than Ayu, and we missed Wilf last week. I think. Sure. No, no, you're right. We absolutely did. We, well, we always miss him, don't we? Um, it's interesting to hear Mike say that um, Luca got more involved further up the pitch, and that's very true as well. And uh, a couple of driving runs, even well into the second half. Um, so really, I think it was. Um, it seemed to be a much more fluid team, and particularly around that midfield area, lots of exchanging of positions. But most importantly, it just felt like everybody was so aware of where they needed to cover someone else if they went forward. I think we've had this issue. Um, of late because I think last season we, we did really well by having people so well organised Roy had them all so you know extensively drilled in that this is your position you play here you you know this is your role within the team and we really needed that at the time but I think kicking on this season has held us back a little bit um, and it just felt like you know almost like the shackles are off this time and people were given a bit of freedom a bit more freedom to move around within that system so as long as the system stayed as it was the personnel could interchange a bit more, um, so I was I was very encouraged by it. But I have to say, genuinely feared the worst when it when it started, and, and we'll get into that now because it was a, a very very slow start, and we were under a considerable amount of pressure. It must have been, you know, I put first fifteen minutes in my notes. I think it was, and you know, I think part of that was 
Maya did start out wide left. We did play very much play an orthodox four four two as we had been, and I think we're predictable in that. Um, and, and I thought we were going to get absolutely smashed because, you know, every time Man United were in the final third, they were it looked like they were going to create something and put the ball in the net. So we we did kind of weather that storm. But I'll, I'll go back to the point, Mike. Did we start off? Was it a degree of predictability, or just were Man United just that fired up that? You know, Jose had said to them, you've got to get on the front foot and put pre- uh, Palace under pressure straight away. Well, I watched the post-match interview with Wayne Hennessy and he said something really telling um, and it really shocked me. I had to listen again. I was like, did he just say that? He said that they were very surprised that United played Route 1 tactics. And, um, I mean, they, they kind of did. They, 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 they didn't really bother playing any slow build-ups and I wonder if that just shocked Palace for the first few minutes and they weren't quite sure what was going on because like you say it took 12 minutes 15 minutes and then suddenly the game just turned on its head um, when they they sort of worked out what was going on Um, but it it did seem like maybe Jose had had slightly confused Roy first off that that would be my guess anyway. That's a that's a good observation because when you think about it a lot of that um you know, that, that sort of direct play coming from Man United came from, you know, one of Pogba or even Mata dropping off deep and playing those long passes. They were trying to hit the diagonals quite a lot and yeah. also early on trying to hit, um, obviously, Lukaku, who's a, who's a big target up there. And that would make sense in making sure that MacArthur and, and both Mayer were both tucking in and playing centrally at times because it would start to squeeze that space and force Man United wider so they can't play those passes. So, uh, you yeah, know, that, that makes sense to me. Um and I think so, Dio. I mean, you know, again, do you so do you concur with that? Were we did we did we adjust to turn the game on its head, or did Man United run out of steam? Um, the the thing about the first fifteen minutes was that every time we got the ball, we couldn't control it. We just panicked, and not everyone was on the same page. And then as the game went on, we started playing more as a team, especially going forward. So it was just a matter of. It's United, I think, as Wayne Hennessy said, you know, United did unexpected things by going Route 1. And it hit the team. You could clearly see it because we just couldn't handle it well. And they created lots of chances as well. So it was quite worrying at the start of the game. But as the game went on, we got gradually used to their playing style and we took a bit more control of the game and not panicked. Felt like in the first 15 minutes, we started panicking too much. But as you see... As the game went on, Mayor, he went in more centrally and helped the guys out going forward. And also, Andros, he he had a slow start. It was only Wilf, really. In the first 15 to 20 minutes, it was every time we got the ball, the only threat was Wilf. And you could see he was so eager. He was so eager to show United his worth. And apart from that, everyone was really slow. So it was just a slow start from the players. Well, it's interesting. Everything that we, we've kind of talked about from the off um is sort of demonstrated by the first few chances in the game. Because uh, the first first chance of the match, it was um, a long ball forward to Lukaku, who's just knocked it down for Lingard, um, who's, who's had a snapshot. And it was that man, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who gets in there and blocks it. And then very soon after that, the diagonals that I was talking about, he had Matic sitting in a, in a deep position this time. He's hit Marshall, um, who's who got into the box. And there's some great pressure from Wan-Bissaka then. Um, who, he just doesn't give up, even though Marshall's beyond him. And he doesn't get anything on the ball, but he's just putting enough pressure on Marshall who to, to, so he doesn't actually take his chance. He's sort of waiting for the ball to be in a 
an easier position, if you like, and Hennessy does brilliantly to come out and collect that. So we, we weather that storm. And as we've observed, you know, Mayer switches to a more central position and Carver tucks in a bit more. Uh, and all of a sudden the game changes and we see our first chance. So going back to, to that chance, gents, it's, I think it's interesting. We, we saw a couple of these um, incidents from, from Zaha, but the first one saw Mayer picking the ball up in a central position. He pushes the ball out to Zaha on the left and he cut inside and he shot, you know, it was that really sort of, he was trying to whip it into the top corner, wasn't he? From the left-hand side of the penalty area, cutting in on his right foot. Um, we are um, we usually a bit shot shy, <laughs> so quite good to see um, Zaha taking an, an early shot. There, yeah, it was, and it's not only a shot; it's the fact that it was outside the box. It seems like not only last game, start of the season, we just we just want to take easy. It's like we want to walk the ball into the net, and it's not going to work in the Premier League. It's very unlikely, and it was good to see that Zaha actually took that shot from outside the box because we need to. We you can't just go in and walk into the box and expect to score goals that easily. And it seems like Palace have just went with that option. So it was good to see that Zaha took that shot because it just brings a bit of you know wake up call to United as well. So the way that United were in control. They just thought, you know, our oh, Palace are gonna. Uh, we're just going to have these guys, and Palace won't shoot. But the fact that you know, we actually did manage to shoot from outside the box and not do what we've previously done all season probably gave United a little shock too. So it was really good to see. Well, Mike, I mean, you know, okay, between the two chances, there was an awful effort from from Pogba who should have done a bit better. But um, but you know, not long after that, Wolves had another chance, and this time it was a. Uh, a nice early fierce low drive, and Roy kind of hinted at it in his his post match comments, where he said that the the team had been working, um, you know, closely on on, on trying to get some shots away. And do you, do you feel that uh, that those two early signs from Wilf, you know, Dior, as Dio saying, it's not something we've done before. You think that's a clear coaching um, success, if you like, even though it didn't result in goals? Well, I think it's got to be because. The problem we've got is that there's no one necessarily in front of Wilf. So that that first shot where he, he swings it over the bar, um, I'm not sure he necessarily would want to be shooting from there. But you know there was no one within yards of him, within you know 20 yards of him. So I don't think he had a lot of choice. The second one, um, I think he, he was right to have a to have a crack. But um, perhaps Hodgson said, look, because we haven't got anyone up front, you're going to have to put in these kind of shots and just be a bit speculative and hope one goes in. I'm not sure that's necessarily the way to go in the long run when we've got when we've got Tekkers back or whatever, but um, it's it's the thing to do now. Yeah, definitely. And, and obviously, this was the, you know, the spell in the first half where we you know very much put to bed all the pressure that Man United were putting on. We started putting on some serious pressure of our own. And, you know, Zaha did brilliantly shortly after this to you know he was clearly fouled he's being pulled back but he just uses that strength um, and as DR said he's really fired up for it knocks the ball to Townsend great first time pass inside to Mayer Mayer just running with the ball positive looking for a forward pass and it's um, and it's actually Wilf who runs in, on his on his right side who he finds Wilf looks up and sees PVA is doing that thing that he occasionally does where he breaks forward where he's not expected to be no one goes with him and you think, here we go. This is it. This is it, guys. Wilf, I've got to say, his pass was just slightly under hit. He's he's seen the danger um, that PBA is pl- gonna gonna uh, gonna give Man United, but he hasn't played that ball perfectly. But he still played it well enough for PVA to run onto it. But it's onto his right foot, and I don't know how he's <laughs> I don't know what he's actually done when he's hit it. 
because I, I can't quite see it just seems he seems to hit it almost into the ground and and away to the right and obviously you know dr it's a huge chance again and I mean, not only have we missed a massive chance, which has been a fact, you know, a, a recurring factor in recent games, but at that moment, you fear the worst. You think it's exactly what is going to happen again. We're going to we're going to have these chances, not take them, and we're going to end up losing this game. Not really, because after the twentieth minute, it was not like we only had one attack. We started getting into the game more, and started creating more chances. Um, but yeah, it's just stuff like that from PVA. He scored two great goals this season, one at Bournemouth and one at West Brom. And it was just weird. It was just easier chance than the goals he's previously scored. But he has to hit them on the target. And yeah, but it, it, it was good to see yeah. though. It was good to see the fact that we were that close to scoring against United and constantly. And you saw the build-up play from Mayer and Zaha. They are two star players and this season, we haven't seen enough of them. And it was good to see that everyone was involved. And yet, it was a massive chance missed by PVA. And to be fair, he should be hitting the target, whether it's left foot or whether it is his right foot. Yeah, absolutely right. And Mike, what do you, what do you make of Palace's reaction to that? Because obviously, we're missing so many chances, uh, good chances that, that could have changed games and we could have a lot more points on the board. Um, but it didn't seem to affect the team in this match. You know, no one's head went down. It was taken the right way. It was encouraging that we've actually gone out and created that good a chance against Man United and we, and we carried on the good work. Well, once I'd sat down on my sofa, I'd stopped swearing. <laughs> um, you know, I'd, I'd sent a couple of angry uh, messenger messages to people going, what the F was that? Um, I thought about it and I thought, it's been a few games since PVA's made those kind of runs um, and that's a good sign because that obviously means that the interplay between him and him and Mayer must have improved um, to the extent where he's sure that he's got backup. Like you said earlier, you're alluding to players backing each other up. He's got backup where he can go forward. So that that meant to me um, that things were going well and, and either the players have had a chat with each other and said, look, we've got to go this way or Hodgson's pushed them in that direction. But when I listened back to his uh, post-match press, he said again, you know, we played great against Spurs, we played great against Chelsea, and then he said something like, we might have even played slightly better today. It's like, no, they were much, much better today. Yeah. Because yeah. they were actually had this, this kind of confidence to overlap and to just know that somebody was backing them up. And that, that was a really good sign. I still thought, okay, we've missed it. We're now going to lose 1-0 to a Fellaini header in the 87th minute. But... Um, <laughs> You know, I, I I had a bit of I had a bit of a good feeling after that, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was nice to see Dia. If you actually look at um, the player maps, PVA, oddly enough, out the back four, he was he was his average position was around the halfway line. So I think that's mainly due to tactics. If you um, when I look at Wan Bissaka's position here, it shows that he was at the right back position, but PVA effectively effectively was a left midfielder, and I think that. And Mayer playing central, even in the smap, it shows that Mayer was more central. Yeah. I think that is really down to tactics and Roy giving freedom to the players, which we haven't seen so far this season. Yeah, it definitely sets a, a good precedent for future games. You, you know, again, you'd like to see, and I hate to say the words weaker opposition because every game is, is so tough, but you, you know, you'd like to see it, and particularly in games where we needed to break down teams that don't have the, the talent that Man United have to potentially destroy us if we commit too much further forward so 
I'm hoping that um, that we, we take a lot of these positives from this game into the into the following fixtures. You see, obviously, you know we need these points, especially with um, with other teams picking up wins all over the shop. Which is um, it happens obviously because people have to play each other and you get those shock results here and there. But obviously looking incredibly tight down the bottom of the table right now. Um, we did have a bit of a moment with um, Mamasako doing his uh, occasional play himself into trouble. But we actually saw, I think, throughout the course of the game, I'm sure we'll talk about Sako a bit more uh, later on as well. We did see the, the sort of best and, and worst of him. He had a tremendous game alongside Tompkins. I thought both were, get, were excellent. But Sako's reading of the game, he was really switched on, really fired up, did brilliantly. But this was, this was his moment, tries to sort of, dribble around Jesse Lingard, loses the ball, has to drag him down. So, giving away a free kick in a dangerous area, it's frustrating. And obviously, we get the ball in from that free kick. And, and you know, this will be our first first chat about Wayne Hennessy, DR, <laughs> after, our, um, <laughs> after our discussions yesterday, which we'll get into. But um, So, for me, Wayne gets caught under the flight of the ball. Um, I don't think he's getting there anyway, but obviously, in that position, I'd, you know, you've got... Keeper's got to stand the line and wait for the header. We're very fortunate, really, that Chris Smalling has, has missed the chance because he's right on the back post. It's straight on his head, um, but he's he's headed it well wide in the end. Can so we, we just have a quick moment to discuss his haircut before we go any further? <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. What's happened there? I don't know, but cornrows, cornrows are a tough thing to pull off, and he has not pulled them off. Uh, that's all. <laughs> That's all I'd like to say on the matter. Carry on. See, there's an agenda. See, there's an agenda. <laughs> I'm joking. He should perhaps have to pull pull them off, if, literally. Um, no, I, I have to say, I, I had to sort of do a bit of a double take when I saw him. Because um, I haven't paid too much attention for Man United this season. I'd kind of forgotten what Chris Smalling looked like. and was a little bit surprised how he did look. But, um, yeah. hey, like you say, you know, each to their own, eh, Mike? You know, even if you, know, you don't feel he pulls it off, maybe other people like it, eh? You know? Yeah, but very true. Yeah, I, I, I haven't got the greatest haircut myself, so can't can't comment. Yeah, I tried desperately not to comment on hair. Cause exactly. <laughs> it's very much, very much in my past. <laughs> so, Dio, let's, let's get into that. Um, let's talk a little bit about Wayne and we'll... I think it's important that we give it context, which is what I was angry with you about yesterday because you tweeted something of mine without context. But you know, you know, from a private conversation, dear, from a private conversation. No, because it's frustrating. I, I don't care if it, the world needs to know how you feel about Wayne Hennessy. <laughs> I don't care because we're going to and talk I, about it I, anyway. So I thought I might as well tweet it out, tweet it before. I, I will tell them all about how I feel about Wayne Hennessy, but with the correct context. Okay, um, you go ahead. So please. yeah. That's a terrific game yesterday overall. He saved us uh, on, a, on a number of occasions. His performances this season have been great. I've been really impressed with him. Huge improvement. And I'm so glad as well. And the best thing, again, I wasn't at Old Trafford myself, unfortunately, but hearing that the Palace fans at the end of the game sang, sang his name, that he was last off the pitch, I'm so happy for the guy because, you know, he does. He gives everything that he's got. He gives his all. And I'm, I'm so happy about that. You know, what we were talking about, you know, you, you came you came in like a bull in a china shop with your oh average keeper oh yeah 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 Greater should start. You know, and, and my my feeling is that effectively I've, I've seen a lot of Wayne Hennessy and I haven't seen much of of Sensei Greater and I would very much and, and I believe Wayne Hennessy has become a much better Premier League goalkeeper, but I think 
you know, if if you were to tell me that he's the best Premier League goalkeeper we could have within our within our remit, I, I would have to say I, I'm not convinced of that. Um, I'm not convinced that his ability as as a top goalkeeper. I, I think he's a good goalkeeper. I think for a, for a while there was a big question mark if he was even, you know, Championship standard, let alone Premier League standard. But he's proven a lot of people wrong on that, and you know, I, I love to be proved wrong by players playing well. That doesn't mean that I don't think that he has limitations as a goalkeeper. And I, and I take this as an, an example of the sort of thing I mean. Where he has little moments in games where, yeah, every goalkeeper makes mistakes, but he's about 15 feet under the flight of the ball. <laughs> you know, he can't really do that. Uh, and we'll talk about another one later on. But that that was my feeling on it. I, I think you, it's perfectly acceptable for, for me to be happy with a player, to think that he's a good good player, but also to think we can do better. I still think we can do better. And that, you know, we've gone out, we've gone out, we've signed a keeper with a good reputation and I'd like to see us try him. I understand where you're coming from. I understand where you're coming from, but let me just ask you a question. Next week, next week against Burnley, I asked you this on the chat as well. Would you start Gaeta or would you start Hennessy in goal? I think it'd be very harsh to drop Wayne after that. Um, you know, I, I think that's perhaps been been one of the issues this season. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll tell you where I am. I'm in a position where I could go either way on it. Earlier on in the season, even earlier on in the season, but certainly in the past, I'd have it wouldn't have even been a question for me. I'd said play whoever, play Julian. I'd, I'm not interested in even debating it. So you know he's come a long way from that point. I think if he was to start against Burnley, as he, as I'm sure he will, you know I won't have those same feelings of dread that I used to have, um, and I'll be willing him to have another great game. Look, look. The thing with Wayne Hennessy is that previously at Palace, he's been horrible. The mistakes he's done has actually cost us points. And when we did buy Gaeta, I thought, you know what, Gaeta is going to start, and Wayne, he'll be, I guess, a decent second option goalkeeper on the bench. But even in pre-season, if you actually look at it, Wayne Hennessy was given a go-ahead instead of Gaeta, so it was a bit weird. Then, even back then, I was like, Roy, are you sure about this? But the thing is, Hennessy has deserved his spot. You, There's no... Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying that Hennessy's a world-class goalkeeper. He hasn't gone from being a bang-average championship goalkeeper to a world-class goalkeeper. He's not no De Gea. But the thing is that Hennessy this season, so far, he's actually helped us gain points by picking up defenders' mistakes. Instead of, you know, what. whereas previously Hennessy, he's, he's actually made us cost points. But... He's changed that now. He's more consistent and he's played good. So I don't understand why Gaeta keeps getting mentioned because Gaeta did have a game against Middlesbrough and I understand that everyone was bad that game and it was only one bad game as well. But he was he was just all over the like he was not he was not good. Was I, understand, I, I understand what you're saying there as well, right? But that's the point. I'm saying he needs to run a game. It's impossible to judge a player on one game, particularly with a. Um, with a team that hasn't played together in its entirety before, I think that shouldn't be a reason not to try. Now you, we have to, we have to. You're absolutely right in what you say there, that that Wayne has won that place and kept that place and deserves it, right? Because otherwise, he'd, they they would pick someone else. What what I'm saying, either we've made a mistake in signing Glater because if we've if we've signed him and he's not good enough to play, then um then that's a real problem for me. I'm just saying that I I believe. Well, any player has a kind of a maximum 
ability. And I believe Wayne at his very, very best, which I think he currently is at, um, bearing in mind how much he's improved, I think at his very, very best, he's showing that he can he can perform in the Premier League. But I think people people run from extreme to extreme on this. If you if you criticise anything about Wayne, you, apparently you hate him and you don't want him to play for Palace ever again. But similarly, the people who are currently running around shouting at people who used to criticise Wayne Hennessy are effectively doing the same thing from the opposite side of you. They're looking at every positive that he does and ignoring all the negatives. So really, it's about trying to have a bit of balance there. I just go back to my point. is If you went out, if we went out tomorrow and we said to any of the Premier League clubs, OK, you can take Wayne Hennessy off us. We'll swap him for your, for your keeper, for your number one. I'm not sure how many would say yeah. Uh, and that's kind. That's how I illustrate what I mean. We've got. A, he's a good keeper, but is he the best keeper that we could get? I, I don't think so. I think there's enough doubt um, in his in his consistency, even though he's been a lot better. Um, to say that we, we we still need we still have an issue there that we need to solve, Mike. I've got through like three quarters of a can of Holston while you two have been discussing that. Um, <laughs> I I think just wanted to say like. If Smalling hadn't have cocked that header up, and if Lukaku had been a tiny bit behind uh, behind where he was, um, we'd have lost two 0 and Hennessy would be getting pelters. So as great as he was, and in the player ratings I had him as an eight out of ten, the same as May. I thought he played a great game. The finest of margins, he could have been on the end of an absolute rollicking today. So to an extent. I think Hambo's right in that when that cross came over, he was flapping, and that's still a problem. Um, but just to go back slightly, the foul that Sacco took on the yellow card, and right at the beginning where Luca took on the yellow card for a professional foul, that is exactly the kind of tactical management, along with Zaha keeping hold of the ball so that people could get a bit of a respite during times when United were on top of us totally. It's exactly the kind of thing that we haven't been doing the rest of the season. So that whole move, I wasn't too bothered about the free kick because I thought Sacco did the right thing there. Um, he took one for the team after a slight cock up and that's something we haven't been doing the rest of the season, I don't think. Yeah, great observation. As you say, the two fouls you picked out, you know, tactical fouling, plenty of, we, we moan when other teams do it against us, but you know, it, it is part of the game and it's nice, like you say, it's nice to see that in-game management from the players. Look, Dio, we'll come back to Wayne because we've got plenty of opportunities to talk about him and the majority of it is all very, very positive and rightly so because, as Mike says, he was he was up there with the best players on the pitch throughout the course of that game. So we'll, we'll definitely come back to that. Um, but I just want to round off the first half um, because we have... After that free kick, you know, um, Young gets a, a chance. He gets in um, down the right, crosses into Lingard. Is it down the right? Our oh, right, yeah. Crosses into Lingard, and that was a low shot. And that, moments after making that little aberration where he'd got under the flight of a ball, he actually, this is where Wayne has got so much better. He's He's got down for a low shot that's, it's only, what, seven, eight yards away? And, you know, he, he's connected brilliantly, Lingard, with that. And he's, you can see him really in a way to celebrate and it's a fantastic low save. But better than that, the thing that he's doing now that he never used to do is he's got up so quickly on his feet that by the time the ball loops back up to Marshall to head in, he's just headed it straight into the arms of Wayne Hennessy, who's standing there waiting for it. So, And, and then giving people a bollocking as well, which I don't yeah. think he ever used to do either. 
Exactly. He's got a voice now. He's got that, that confidence in his own ability that's come from that consistency. So, you know, yes, I have said what I've said, but, you know, I'm applauding him there. Um, we're looking at that play. I don't even want to look at Wayne Hennessy. I just d- defensively, I think, compared to what happened in the second half, first off, we let United get too many easy chances. And I know you guys said that Sacco played good in the first half. I felt like he played much better in the second half. In the first half, it's not only Sacco, it's just a whole, as a group defensively, that that low cross was too easy for Lingard. And we're just lucky that, that they actually didn't score from that. And that's pretty much the case when you talk about it first half compared to second half. Second half, we're well organised. And in the first half, we've just done stupid mistakes like that. And that was very worrying because we always like considering last minute goals. And I thought, you know what, it's, it's about half time. And if we consider that, then it would have probably been a different game. So we're lucky there. Well, I'm glad you picked that out because I was sort of in two, my, <clears throat> two minds whether or not to talk about it. Because obviously... When Young has played that ball in, the closest play, player to him is, is Aaron Wan-Bissaka. And he's obviously, he's had a great game. Mark Marshall out of the game. You know, brilliant performance once again. But he's let that cross in. But it's, it's notable that the cross came from Young coming in on the overlap. So it's the missing player on the right-hand side that's not gone with Young. So is that MacArthur or is that Townsend? Is he expected to get back? I think, to me, that's... When you talk about our defensive issues, that's where it actually has come from this season. It's... It's whoever's playing that wide midfield position there, who's not a natural winger, is being asked to tuck in in midfield. Very well, quite often they're letting the fullbacks go, get on the overlap, and, and get balls in the box. And you're right, we did a better job of that in the second half than we did in the first spot. Off. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, so last sort of uh, action of the uh, first half that I wanted to talk about was a very, very key one for Palace. And that is Mayer getting forward well uh, on the left-hand side. Smalling clatters in from behind. And we've got a free kick in a dangerous area and a, a chance to put a decent ball in. Luca does exactly that. Great delivery. Straight to Coyote. Flicks in a header. And it's in, you know what I mean? We're, it's in, everyone looks up and starts celebrating. I start celebrating. Brilliant. And then the flag comes up. Very, very, very late. It was interesting to see Roy not being convinced it was offside even after the game. I don't know if he'd seen it back. So the thing is, his arm was way offside. It's, it's you know, it's a very noticeable thing, particularly if you're wearing a white shirt. You know, his arm's sticking out, sticking out. But that's not uh, a part of a body that can play the ball legitimately. So it can't be given offside for that. Um, 
So the, the question is, for discussion, was he actually offside at the moment of contact? I have put a spoiler in my notes, but I want to get your views first, Mike. Well, usually I get to I get to see it live and I just think, oh, Luca's going to put in a rubbish ball. But the commentator on the totally legal stream I was watching um, was like, well, United are one of the worst or the worst team this season in the Premier League uh, for defending set pieces. So I thought, oh, maybe, maybe. And it went in. I was like, yes, same as you, off the sofa. Um, but then on the replays, it did it did look offside, and it, it looked about as offside as their goal. In fairness, so yeah. close, but um, you sort of between the two of them evened up. I mean, VAR would have given it off, I'm assuming. Um, but yeah. Well, do you have any doubt for you? Um, nah, it was it was offside. When I looked up, looked back at it at the replay, and even when watching it live, you could see that it was offside. But that's when I got a bit worried because they had that very close chance with Lingard, and then we missed. Well, we didn't miss it. It was it was an offside call, and when we like we scored a goal, but it was offside. That's when I got a bit worried because it's such a typical Palace thing to happen. That's happened so far this season. The fact that we've actually created chances, but it's not going in and when it did go in it was offside so I was a bit worried at that moment I won't I won't lie I thought that I thought that United in the second half they would I'd give it 75 minutes and they'll be 1-0 up by Matagol or Martial or something like that at the, at the moment it went in I thought I was more worried because I thought last time we were 2-0 up against them at half time <laughs> and we yeah. lost 3-2 so yeah exactly I was about to say we not only is it a very Palace thing to go and lose it after that it's a very Palace v Man United thing. It's just how it happens usually. Um, so yeah, I had those exact same fears. Well, the only thing I'll, I'll say about it, I, I did, I, I had to, I did freeze frame it earlier today. Got the, um, got the highlights downloaded off of Sky as well. So I, you know, actually sitting there with the, you know, pause and rewind, just trying to get it exactly right. And I managed to get it eventually perfectly on the frame as Luca hits the ball. And I've got to say, it's probably. No more than sort of 15, 20 centimetres, but it's his shoulder that's offside. But I'll just add that back in the day, they used to have that thing called daylight or they used to have that thing called um, benefit of the doubt to the attacking side where you could see those things used to get given. Um, and I do, you know, in a usual match where we haven't got a fair rub of the green, I'd say, oh, they, they wouldn't have given it if it was Man United's attack. But then, as Mark's pointed out, they did later on. So, well played, officials. I'll, I'll leave it at that. DR, last bit on that. Yeah, can you argue that, I don't know, I'm just thinking about now, that he actually worked in our favour, that we didn't score a goal? Because I could just see Palace just sitting back the rest of the second half if we did score that goal. And then United, they'll just get this, get this one opportunity and score. And then from then on, we'll rumble. Is it just me or... Are you guys on the same page that maybe if we did score, it would have actually impacted us in a manner that it wouldn't act, it wouldn't benefit us? <laughs> would actually I think we've back. we've all we've all seen enough football to know that that happens. You know, when you got something to protect, you actually end up handing the initiative back to the other team, um, and we've certainly done that as a team before. Um, and I, I think per, per, perhaps we would have done. I think you know we, it's a good it's a good point to discuss because. I did expect a reaction in the second half from Man United, and we perhaps would have got a stronger reaction than we did, because I was that. I have to say, it's the point. It, it's a boring thing to be impressed by, but I was so impressed with with the way we we approached the second half at the start, because we turned the first sort of fifteen twenty minutes of the second half into such a scrappy game, 
there was lots of you know lots of little niggly fouls lots of harrying and pressing and we sort of re- we pressed them pretty high up we got play you know really packed the midfield and i think man united just could not get a grip and obviously we'd have had a team talk to say right this is what you're doing wrong get this right but similarly the team talk from from the palace staff was on the money to get the team up for it like that and i was so so impressed that we stopped settling because uh, that pushed man united into some very early changes which again didn't have the impact that they wanted to because realistically by that point we'd wrestled so much control of the game back from man united that you know we were we were the more consistent side i think um, i don't think i'm kidding anybody by saying that I think that for a side whose subs are probably cost more than their entire squad, um, it helps that they're pretty crap. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's got into. You know, Alexis Sanchez. It's just he's just gone, isn't he? I don't know what he is do, anymore. Do you? Got, I, I, don't, I don't. I'm looking at this United side, and I'm looking at the previous games that we played against the alleged top six sides, and this United. Uh, I'm just a bit worried going into the Burnley game because it wasn't a real test. I know United are real. I know on paper they're still like very good, but defensively, I don't think Burnley are going to be that open. First of all, and I don't, and I don't know whether it's going to work out better for Max if, like, if he plays more centrally in a four-four-two formation, especially against Burnley, because they're going to be way more compact. So it's going to be interesting. I, there's so many questions popping into my head after this United game because they are top six side and they are good on paper, but technically they're not that good <laughs> and they don't play like a top no there's there's no doubt that there's something wrong there but when you when you say that there's something wrong there it's, it's all about context isn't it they're still a very very good team you know and you look at the, the talent that they have available and a lot of it isn't performing like it should be but there's still some very very impressive players on there and players being paid you know considerable sums of money to play football and it's I don't know I know what you mean you know you you I, I had to say I looked at the back four of Man United at the start of the game and it just was it Dar- Darmian Smalling Lindelof and Young and I look at that as and you think that's a Man United back four you know this is the team that dominated the majority of, of my youth watching football and um, and that back four I'm not sure whether I'd have any of them in ours well, I've, <laughs> got, I've got to say Lindelof probably was their oh, best yeah. I thought it was their best player um, it really, really surprised. And when he got that injury with 10 minutes to go and he already shot his load and brought everyone else on already, they carried on, even though he was like holding his groin. Um, I, I was really impressed with him. I have to um, say, I, he's, he's a much better player than he was when he first joined them. Yeah, yeah. And let's, let's not underestimate Burnley because they're still above us in the league, as are Huddersfield now. Um, yeah. And, you know, they, they could get another three points at Newcastle. So... Um, I don't, as long as people don't go into the game thinking that it's an automatic three points, I think that's that's the important thing. Yeah, we can't, definitely can't get ahead of ourselves. You know, we we've only won two games this season, so the next win's not going to come easy, is it? Um, no. So the, the the first chance of the second half, gents, we've we've talked about it already, um, and that was so we had a, we had a, they had a couple of corners in a row, Man United. I think Sacco cleared the first straight out for another corner, and then. After a sort of spell of play, then trying to get the ball back in the box, they do gets cleared and it ends with Ashley, Ashley Young. The ball sort of takes a bit of an age to get down, so by the time he gets a shot away, there's a couple of players trying to close him. But 
for me, the shot lacks any real sort of power, any real venom to it. And there's a bit of a late reaction from Wayne and he pushes it straight into the path of Lukaku who scores. And he is obviously fractionally offside there. But um, I think I've said it was a little bit closer than the Coyote chance because it's really tight. But it's definitely the correct call. But just to bring you back on, on, on the Wayne debate, Dio, how did you how did you feel about that save? Because I've seen plenty of people... On Twitter, there was a sort of debate raging when I woke up this morning on my on my timeline about loads of, loads of stuff around it. It seemed that the fans at the game who were behind that goal considered the save from Young there a lot better and not not a mistake at all. Whereas I thought it was an absolute howler, and I, I know the commentator did on the uh, totally legal stream that I was watching. Um, who also thought it was a bit of a howler. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was a howler as well. But that's that's the thing. It, we're lucky that. Well, we're not lucky. It was deserved offside. It's not like we got away with it. But uh, just going back at Wayne, it's it's different. It's it's just different when you compare goalkeeper to outfield player. It's not like you can give guy to a ten to fifteen minute run. He when he comes to later on in the game, he actually saved us. And that Wayne we haven't seen yet at Palace, and that's why he's a change. That's why I always say that. That's why I have been saying that he's a changed man. I've been his massive critic of Wayne previously. But the fact that he's actually saving us instead of costing us point, he deserves his spot. There you go. And I'm going to leave that there. I've got nothing more to add to that. I think that's a fair comment. Can I, um, can I just ask, would you would you say that your man crush has changed from Luca to Wayne Hennessy? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. See, why do you think that? Just checking. I mean, I don't think his facial hair would ever make him my man crush uh, at Palace, but I just, I just wanted to check. Yeah. Who, who is your Palace man crush then, Mike? Well, it's it, it it's been Luca for quite a while. Um, yeah. I think it'd be hard to to dispose him from that, to be honest. It's the cheeky smile, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's... everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. The smouldering eyes, the cheeky well, smile. The way he pulls his socks up right to his shorts. You know. Everything. What about the cheeky? What about the cheeky <laughs> dance from Hennessy? You know, when he was with Wales, there's that video of him just... It was a dance. See, Have you guys seen it? Th- this this is what I mean. It's, <laughs> it's clearly Hennessy is your man. <laughs> no, you have to watch it. You have to watch it. He was with Wales. He was just going crazy and he was just scary, to be fair. <laughs> but, yeah. I, can see you, you can see you watching that each night in bed before you go to sleep. How do you know? Oh. <laughs> anyway, well... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually genuinely, I have to say, genuinely delighted for for Wayne that he got his, as I said earlier, he got his name sung. I think he, I think he He's needed not, that. And look, if he goes not. from strength to strength, he, <laughs> I am. Even if, and look, you know, I could I could say what I like. <laughs> if if I didn't want to say it, I wouldn't say it. Um, so look, I, you know, as I think everybody's been critical in the past of him, but no real. Palace fan would would wish ill on him and, and would be unhappy for him playing well, like you were suggesting, dear. I think you know that the debate will carry on. There's no there's no two ways about it. But all the while, he pulls out great, good saves, good performances, consistency. If he carries on the way he is, it just becomes less and less of a debate um, that people are going to be willing to have. And I think it's nice to be able to look elsewhere on the pitch and see where else we can improve. But that's it. I've, I've got my feelings on it and they're based on what I've observed over a, a period of time. But, you know, opinions should should change based on new facts and new information. That's how it should work. So long may it continue. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. 
So uh, beyond that, so we've, we've had that. We've got, got well, you say not got away with it. I say got away with it. Um, Lukaku's offside. And it didn't, again, it didn't really affect Palace. We built up a little bit of pressure. A lovely run from Luka. It looked like he was going to shoot. But then he sort of drove into the area and just sort of keep, kept running. Eventually knocked it back from the byline to PVA. Knocks it in. Coyote, good low drive, but um, again, lacking a bit of power. And it's pushed well wide by De Gea. De Gea sorry, I have to remember to pronounce that properly. And um, PVA, little follow-up shot saved by the back leg. De Gea. And um, good chance from Palace. And again, PVA in an attacking position. Very, very uh, you know, encouraging from our perspective if he can sort of start finding the net again and then but just out of that the bit that I wanted to talk about to, to get on to Max Mayer again a little bit we, we're sort of putting Man United under a sustained bit of pressure there but then they break away and it looks really dangerous because you've got Rashford steaming down the left hand side Mayer was in in and around the penalty area at the time and he just chases back the whole way to put pressure on and stop the attack and really massively encouraged from his defensive side of his game. And Mike Roy picked that out as well. That he, he pretty much went box to box, played the full 90 minutes, which he hadn't done for us. And I think that's got to benefit him, right, going into the, the next few fixtures. It's hard to tell when you're watching on TV quite how much running off the ball a player does. But what I could say, um, he did, like something clicked with Max Mayer. And like that particular, because Rashford looked as though he was all over us. And then it was, yeah, absolutely, absolutely great. And whereas I think Hodgson in the past has been slightly sceptical about Mayer's ability to play 90 minutes box to box, um, I wonder if he's given him the opportunity this time and he said to him, right, let's see what you can do. Because I, I would imagine that his natural game is to do that. But I think perhaps Hodgson said to him, you know, conserve your energy, do this, do that, um, go easy. Maybe, hopefully, he just said to him this time, show us what you've got. And if if that's what's happened, um, and that's how he plays naturally, and he'll play the rest of the season, I'm a happy man. I've, I've not liked the amount of criticism May has got at all, and people have said, oh, well, he's not the player we thought he was. It's like, well, it's only been, he's only played, what, five games or something. Just, you know, calm down. He's, he's clearly a special player, um, and he, he did much more than Kabai could have done if he'd have stayed on at his age, um, you know, there's no way Kabai would be making the kind of forward runs that he did. And yet he still defended in the way that I would expect Kabai to have defended. So yeah, can't fault him at all. Fantastic. Yeah. Look, I totally agree with all of that. Go on, dear. Look, this is, uh, this is, I'm playing, uh, this is going to be, it's going to sound harsh, but I don't, I just hope you don't take it like that. With Mayor yesterday, I thought he had a very good game. Uh, it's, as I said it before in the pod, um, it's due to him being in central areas. But at times in the first half and even in the second half, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but there were times where he could have released the ball earlier and that would have put players in behind uh, United back line. I don't, it just, that little thing, I know it will get, I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, wow, Mayor can't do that. He'll get used to it over time, but that was the only downside from his performance yesterday is that sometimes he took a bit too many touches but yeah, I think that was the only downside. Apart from that, he's in contention of being man man of the match. He was very good. I, I, I don't think he has the ability with spraying the ball out in the way that Kabai does. I think he, he's got more of the, the loftus cheek about him, the moving with the ball. I, I'm not convinced that you're going to get out of him the incredible balls that Man United were playing, you know, pinging 60-yard deliveries. I just can't see that happening. And there's a limited amount of... 
options going forward obviously we've discussed you know a million times already i'm not sure there's a lot else he could do with his skill set um, um, no it's not it's not about the kabai i'm not expecting him to do uh, like balls across the pitch it's just the short passing sometimes he took a bit too many extra touches which he could have gave it to will or he could have gave it to andros and he gave it to the wrong person due to that it was just that little error uh in his game that i noticed yesterday apart from that he was pretty good but yeah hopefully he will he, well i believe in him to improve over time with that because he's as you said he's only played five games but that's the only downside a bit too many extra touches when you could have released players then i know what you mean but I know what you mean, but I, I, I observe. I, you know, I saw, I saw the same thing a couple of times. He, you know, got caught in possession a fair few times. But I'd say it's actually a feature of our our forward line a little bit. You know, Wilf quite often holds onto the ball a little bit more. Could have released it earlier. Same with Andros. Um, IU's done it when he's played. Um, it's look, it's we don't as Mike's been getting at, and, and you know, you've talked about it as well, Dio. We don't have a tremendous amount of options when we're going forward for the pass. Um, but you're right. There were a couple of occasions where you thought, actually, you know, you could have played that or played it earlier or played it differently. But those are the margins in football. It, just, it happens all the time. It's it's certainly very, very promising to see the way he plays. And I was really interested to hear Roy Hodgson say that he thought Maya played really well last week as well. So, because uh, he, he as, as you've said, Mike, he received, he received a bit of criticism. Last week, last week he, there was a reason why Schluck did come on the pitch. And I still don't understand why people would Mayo didn't play good last week. You can't say may have played good against Tottenham. There's no way you did. He was just out of position. I, I think we're not going to re- we're not going to review the game from last week as well. But what, what, what I was getting, at, I was surprised to hear Roy say it because of the amount of criticism May got, and I didn't think he had a particularly good game as well. But what I was getting at is it perhaps it should suggest that Mayer actually did the job that Roy asked of him. But whatever that was, I'm not sure. But but. Yeah, it was just stay out wide, yeah. and his role was different this week. His role was to go in more central areas, which he did end up playing good. But last week, he was just he was not in the game as much because yeah. he just playing out position. So you can't really criticize Mayer for that. But he didn't play good. You no, can't I think, say he played good. All I'll say is I think some, certainly a lot of coaches and a lot of fans watch the game very differently and and watch for different things. Um, so who I can't remember who was telling me about this the other day, but. Someone to put a video up of Benteke in his role in goals last season, um, when he was taking defenders out of the way and all this sort of stuff. Someone put a video up on Twitter last week, anyway, and it was really interesting to watch where someone had just focused on a different aspect of of Benteke's play in a series of Palace goals, and things that you don't look at when you're watching football. You know, if you're at the ground, you get very. You can watch anything on the pitch you like, which is why it's it's always better to watch a game live at the ground because you haven't got someone with a camera telling you what you should and shouldn't be watching. But obviously, you see different things on TV that you don't see at the ground. But a combination of all of those things, you know. But if you're not looking for the kind of work that an individual player does when not on the ball, you know, you won't see it and you won't necessarily appreciate it. And that's what I'm getting at. You know, Roy was potentially looking at looking at the role that Mayer played and it might might well have decided that he did exactly what he wanted him to do up until he wanted to slap on the pitch. But let's not worry, let's not get dragged down in that. I just thought it was an interesting point of discussion. Um, not, not much too much more to talk about. We've, we've, we've sort of passed the hour mark. So I want to get up to some of your contact as well before we wrap up the show. So I'm just going to pick out a couple of things. Oh, we've got to talk about the Fellaini challenge. Uh, I'm just going to hand straight to you, Mike, for your ver- opinion on that challenge on Luca. <laughs> Yeah, um, 
I think that their reactions afterwards was fairly telling. I, I was still, I was still getting over how he looks without his side so bob hair. And someone tweeted to say, "It's amazing. I don't understand how he can look worse um, without his hair." But um, it, he's he's managed it. Uh, yeah, he he got some evils, didn't he? He definitely got some evils. But that's that's Fellaini in a nutshell, and that's exactly what I was talking about earlier when I said that Sacco and Luca, I applauded them for taking taking those fouls on because he is the master of breaking up plays, you know, with cynical, horrible fouls. That one particular, I didn't. I when when they replayed it, I sort of turned away because it looks. I, I hate those ones where it goes onto their their ankles and stuff. Yeah. I've had an ankle injury before, and it just, it just makes me shudder. Um, but yeah, you, he's, that's what he's there for, isn't it? Really, it's, it's, I, I feel like we need a bit more of that personally. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, but it's as you say, it's really unpleasant to watch. And it's, Horrific, like, it's horrible. Yeah. I mean, he's for me, he's gone. He sort of played the ball when the first time I saw it. I just thought, ah, that's, that's unfortunate. You know, he's gone. He's sort of played the ball and he's follow through, scored straight into Luca, um, and he's caught him in a really nasty place. And I, I feared the worst at the time. I thought Luca was going to be out for the rest of the season with that, but. Um, it's got back up and played on, which is amazing. But um, the, the more I watch it, and again, you've got to be careful with replays because I, I like, I, if I can, I like to watch the replay and then go back and watch it in real time just to just to re- remind myself of how quick all of that happens in. Because when you watch the replay of it, he's staring right at Luca, and you, you can almost see it in his head that he's like, I'm going to clatter him, I'm going to clatter him. And, you know, it all takes place in a, in a couple of seconds at most. But the more I watch it, the more I think it's deliberate, and, and you know, you wonder if there'll ever be if there'll be any kind of retrospective uh, look at that. There's certainly not much made of it in the media. Do your views? Yeah, it was a nasty challenge. I, I don't know if it was deliberate. I honestly don't know. I'm just thinking about about it now. If I if I was if I was in this position, I'll go for the ball as well. It seemed like he was going to kick the ball and the follow through. Yes, it was nasty, but he did. He went and apologized to Luca, of course, which is good to see because players you don't you don't normally see that. But I, I don't know if he was deliberate. It just happened a bit too fast. I think he was trying to kick the ball away, but I don't know. We'll see what the FA does. The FA normally doesn't give us, you know, the the benefit of the doubt. So it'll be interesting to see. I doubt no, I don't put too. I don't put, United, United, I don't, I don't put too much on the apology. I can remember Roy Keane sort of patting Alvinger Harland on the head after he'd put him out, ruined his career. Um, and obviously revealed revealed in a book later on that it was entirely deliberate and he wanted to hurt him. So there you go. You don't you know the apologies almost can be a little bit sarcastic at times. I think, but um, look, it, it it wasn't a good challenge. You know, we obviously can't spend hours talking about it. But um, again, like you, I, I'm not too sure we'll see any retrospective punishment. But you know, it's the type of challenge that needs to be stopped because it, it it's nasty, really nasty. So a couple of little bits that I want to pick out before we finish. Townsend managed to. Take on five players. I put a combination of skill, direct running, and a bit of luck. Perhaps more than a bit of luck. But got through everybody. Right-footed finish uh, well wide. Massive chance again, Mike. Oh, God. That was... Yeah, I couldn't believe he'd hit that wide. Um, You know, there was a barrage of tweets and comments afterwards saying, how did he miss that? And, yeah, it's the same, really. I just... It's just that last little bit, isn't it? But if you talk about, and we'll come onto it with people's um, messages they've sent us, if you talk about 
us having a cent- centre forwards to put that away. Well, I'm not sure the play would have been anywhere remotely the same. He wouldn't have had to run in. He wouldn't have been making the same run into the box, that kind of stuff. He probably would have ended up just with just a normal cross. You can't you can't fault him. He did everything. He's put away a couple of absolute blinders this season. But oh my god, that that annoyed me. <laughs> yeah, it was frustrating because he's got himself in a great position, and it just would have just been beautiful to score that late and yeah. in that manner. But um, now fair play. Uh, I, w- I won't get your take on this, deal, but I'll get your take on the next thing as well. Uh, the, the, obviously, away from this, there was a, a couple of blocks. Um, for Man United chances, PVA doing very well to sort of run all the way back and be the last man to stop Rashford getting a proper shot on target. Um, and obviously, Coyote had a couple of late efforts. But the last thing of note that I want to mention was just before those final chances, there's a ball into the box from. So, well, so it was basically a, um, um, a sort of space on the right. Alexis, who's obviously come off the bench, linking with Damian, who's crossed the ball in. Nice looping cross to. Lukaku, and he tries to then in turn loop that header back into the uh, into the sort of far corner of the net. And this is this is this was Wayne's moment. This is where he goes from you know from being having a good game to being the guy who is laughed off the pitch, last not laughed off the pitch, last off the pitch, and uh, and applauded and had his name sung by the by the Palace faithful because he dives right across and just claws it out of the last great save, Dr. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was a great save and that's pretty much it with Wayne this season. The fact that he's actually making them saves instead of um, costing us points. But if you if you're actually looking at it, um, second half compared to the first half, I look. Um, well, this is what the commentator said. They said that Palace apparently are ranked the third worst defensive team in the second half. And what we did see in the second half is that the players actually playing for each other more and covering each other that we didn't see in the first half. And that led United to go to you know, get chances. And that was that was good to see because we've I think we've missed that this this season, especially in the second half. It's just we don't finish games off well defensively. There's always spaces and you could see the players really wanted a point the point, the way that they were putting their bodies on the line and also Wayne with a fantastic save. So it's good to see. Absolutely right. And uh interesting that um and a big sounds comment on the show last week about start we start with the clean sheets. Well we've done exactly that. So Let's hope we get a similar turnaround in form. Start working our way up the table. Last thing for you two gentlemen, uh, as well aside from answering the questions um, that we got from the listeners, is to pick your man of the match. And at the same time, if you could just give me a bit of a, a chat about the players who impressed you most. Obviously, great team performance. But start with you, Mike. You've done your player ratings. So it should be easy for you. Who are your standout performers and who was your man of the match? Well, I can understand why Hennessy got man of the match as voted by the fans um, it's pretty obvious that he put in some really decent saves for me uh, Max Meyer mainly because that was the first chance we really got to see what he was about uh, very impressed I knew that sort of that game was coming and, and hopefully it's the first of many um, other players that were decent we've barely mentioned Wambasaka because he's just you know he's a standard 7 or 8 every single game he actually missed a tackle for the first as far as I know yeah, 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 yeah. for the yeah. first time since he got sent off so <laughs> uh, what a, that was what the Liverpool game which is what the third game of the season so um, you know that shows how amazing he is I thought everyone was a solid 7 or 8 maybe MacArthur was a bit off you know 
Um, but other people have said they, they thought he played all right. People who were there said he, he, he was just as good as everyone else. So it could have gone to anyone, really. The um, the highlights, both on the, the site and on Match of the Day, make it look like Zahar did everything. You know, he had another decent game, but I think probably Max for me. Okay, Dio? Yeah, I'll go with Max as well. Um, I thought, it, I know he hasn't played that many games for Paris, but... It was it, the way that he was controlling the midfield and the final third and bringing players into the game. I thought it helped us out a lot in creating chances. Of course, we can finish them off, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, Max was good. Hennessy was very good as well with the last-minute saves. Um, I don't know. Tompkins, his overall game in first and second half, I thought he performed consistent uh, and was pretty solid. But yeah, you'll have to go to Max. I like what I saw from him, man. Hopefully, he brings that on to the next game against Burnley because we need to create more chances and hopefully finish them off. Sure. Well, I mean, I basically can only echo what you two gents have said. I, I mean, I will mention Sacco again because I thought despite a couple of little moments that he had, he was uh, almost imperious at the back again. Um, and him and Tompkins looking looking back to their very, very best. I like, to, like the fact that PVA was more involved than he has been in the last few games. Nice to see him very committed to getting back. But, you know, Max Mayer in midfield absolutely outstanding um luca another another good game from luca starting to find some real form obviously he's back in a fold at international level as well so it looks like that's settled and hopefully that helps so uh some some great performances out there and I'd say i'd just say it's a shame andros didn't cap a, another energetic performance with a goal um but there you go so i'll leave that there as well so plenty of contact we've got some questions in that i'll start with uh nav has got in touch and just said is hambo still red uh, that is because whilst eating my mutton rolls, I also had a dish called a mutton devil. Um, and they had put some extra spices in it this week, as they often like to do at the Sri Lankan restaurant we go to. And um, my entire head turned red. I was like a strawberry. Oh, that sounds hot. amazing. Mate, it's, it's yeah. amazing. Everyone I take there is, is becomes obsessed with that place. So, Reverend Crawley, mate, I'll take you down there. Excellent. Uh, and, and, and they do do vegan food, don't worry. Hey. They do. They do deviled potato. You can have that. That sounds awesome. Lots of paneer dishes. If you have, is that paneer? That's cheese. Cheese no, is vegan. Uh, you can't have that, can you? Just trying to think. Gobi. They do a lot of cauliflower with the stuff. Anyway, we'll we'll get onto that later on. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Just planning your food. <laughs> Yeah, I can honestly. I'll be that's, our, that's our contact roundup. They just want to know about what's, what's oh on their dish. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mr. Cadbury's parrot got in touch. Said, uh, Dear, how many posters of Wayne Hennessy does the De Gea have on his wall? Uh, I think he has four or five. Yeah, at least. At least. Uh, yeah. How many does Dio have on his wall? <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, so I have one right there. I have four. Four. I'll tell one, you, like, I think... ceiling, as soon as I wake up, I look up and I see Wayne Hennessy. And then when I leave my door, I've got Wayne Hennessy there and on my TV. If Wayne or anyone who knows Wayne is listening to this, if you could get a signed photo to DR, he'd be seriously, seriously happy. Honestly, you like acting like I'm a massive fan. I'm, not, I'm just saying the guy deserves like a bit of praise for he how he's played. I'm sure he, he does. I'm so, sure he also has a good sense of humour and would love to send you a signed photo. So let's let's hope that happens. Tom, how Hoff? How? Uh, yeah, Tom. <laughs> so he got in touch. Said, could we discuss Mayer's performance a bit? He didn't get to the match, but seems like people saying it was impressive. Done. We did it, Tom. All for you, mate. All for you. Paul Burrow was asked. Uh, said that Max was playing in the middle. 
Uh, and Wilfred Townsend went to the wings. It was to, to reference the fact we were asking why we were playing Max May on the left. We didn't. He said the 4-4-2 played into United's hands, but whenever we went down the wings, we were very dangerous. Uh, some other stuff on there as well. But I think we covered that stuff in how we uh, how we talked about how the team adapted during the course of the game. Um, Neil Koska is asking, what is the reality when it comes to getting reinforcements in January? I'll try and take that as best as I can because obviously we're not we're not in charge of post, so we don't know what the reality really is. Um, players players are being scouted. The team obviously wants to strengthen, and they and the club know know where we need to strengthen. But achieving it is a is a very different thing to to, to doing it. Unfortunately, um, I don't think there are particularly large sums of money to spend, both for FFP reasons and probably for investment reasons as well. I don't think that the people are going to keep wanting to put money in without seeing it come back. It's not, you know, it doesn't really it doesn't really work if you keep doing that. Eventually, you run out. So, um, you know, we're trying to be as self-sufficient as possible still, I would imagine. So I, I think the reality is we've got to, be, got to be a bit lucky with who we target. I think we're going to be much more likely to be shopping for a bargain than spending huge sums of money. But you never know, if the right player becomes available, you know, the board might take the decision that they've taken in the past where they've picked players like Benteke and Sacco up when they think, you know, it's actually worth spending that money. And maybe Loftus-Cheek would be one of those if he is available. Still, rumours abound. So, uh, David Lisa Jones. I think I don't know if that's David and Lisa Jones. It's rare for a, a man called David to have the middle name Lisa, isn't it? Um, but not impossible, you know, in the modern age, eh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> with Hennessy playing as well as he is, will we hold on to Guaita, or will it turn into a Mondonda issue? What do you reckon, Mike? I don't see that happening. I mean... He's going to get a run in the FA Cup, which is coming up fairly soon. We're only an injury away from him, you know, being in the side. So you, you need two, you really need three keepers, as we proved last year. So he'll get a run, he'll get his chance, and he still seems fairly upbeat. Every every bit of social media that he posts, he seems to be total palace. So uh, he'll get his chance. Absolutely right, Mark Vincent. Just to say, we thought I thought we played really well, but only we had a striker. We could have had all three points. Hopefully, this be carried into the game Saturday. On a similar topic, Ian Flux saying it's a good performance yesterday, but I'm concerned about the lack of composure in front of goal. A striker makes no difference. Players should be able to be, be able to score when given a good chance. At least two golden opportunities yesterday, which we should have scored but lacked any composure. That said, we have a good defence, and I think we'll be okay this season. So, dr combination of two tweets there. Um, I suppose Dave Cranfield as well I can, I can rope into this saying we're a good centre forward away from being a good side any chance of one in January um, DR any chance of us signing a striker in January what's your gut feeling have you got any suggestions uh, no uh, like if you're <laughs> if you're looking for a striker who's going to score 10 to 15 goals it'll be a miracle if you sign someone that that does end up scoring 10 to 15 goals I think our best hope is Benteke hopefully when he comes back from injury he can you know, return back to his old self and score, I don't know, five five to ten goals. Even that would be fantastic right now. That's, that's my only hope. I don't think we'll try because I don't think we'll get one that will score 10 to 15. I, I completely agree with you that our best hope is for Benteke to come back free of injury and, and, and start firing again and contributing uh, more up that bit, up the, uh, the top end of the pitch. Completely agree there. I think I do think we'll try and, try and find something in the market. Um, but again, easier said than done. It's a really good point from Ian in there as well. We're talking about the lack of composure that 
a striker doesn't solve that. You know, if you've got good players missing easy chances, you know, PBA's missed a chance, Townsend's missed a chance, Zaha's gone close, Coyote's gone close. And you just think, you know, one of those has got to take that chance because it doesn't matter if you go out and buy a, you know, £40 million mid, uh, striker if those players aren't actually finishing the chances. But, you know, Roy said that the players are working on it. We saw a bit more willingness to shoot against Man United, so let's hope we carry that on against Burnley. And thanks to everyone for that contact. We had some stuff about where Wilfred Zaha should play in relation to an article that uh, that Luke wrote for us. But check out backofthenest.com uh, to see that article. And obviously you can see a link to that on Facebook as well, where you can see all those comments that I'm referring to. But we don't have time to get to. Oh dear, such a shame. <laughs> don't, I don't like the idea of people writing in and us not, not giving air time to their comments, but I'm afraid it happens. So thank you very much to everybody who's listened. Thanks to the panel and to Sam for producing. You can subscribe to our show via your chosen podcast app so you don't miss a thing. We do three shows a week, so I strongly recommend you do this. If you need any help accessing the show in any way, do let us know. Uh, massive thanks to all of those who got in touch to help shape the show. You do you can do the same yourself uh, by engaging with our social media accounts and also visiting backofthenest.com as we'll be releasing new content and developing new features from this moment on. Uh, we'll be back in midweek. It's Tuesday, 7 to 9 p.m. for the Love Sport live show. The podcast will be out shortly after that. And then later in the week, the preview show will be out looking ahead to the Burnley game, which we will be reviewing on the Sunday. Not like we've got anything else to do, is it? (laughs) Loads there. Anyway, cheers, everybody. Thank you very much. Goodbye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.